It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. It was about survival last weekend for the Big Ten, surviving the weather, and that might be more of an issue this week, and surviving the opponent, many of them ranked foes. Who survived and who did not? That's this week on the Big Baseball Podcast. We'll also talk to Michigan coach Eric Backage, his team off to a good 8-1 and one start through the first three weekends of the NCAA baseball season. I'm Kyle Charters, Drew Charters over there. You know, Drew, I have heard from several people now saying they cannot distinguish between our two voices. Uh, <laughs> so I think I'm just going to start telling people that I'm just playing the role of both people on I the show every week. Is I don't that... know if that's a good idea. I'm, I'm here, <laughs> I'm present. I personally can tell the difference between us. Uh, but I know it might be hard for <laughs> some others. Uh, I have heard that. I've actually heard that from several people. So hopefully, I, I don't know, maybe you should talk in a higher-pitched voice. Uh, on the, I don't know. That would be bad. All right. Let's get into this seriously, though. Should be a good show today. We'll give you our lineup, some of the topics that we're talking about here and that we should look for as we go into the weekend. Also, good conversation with the seventh-year head coach at uh, Michigan, Eric Backage. A little bit jealous of him and his squad as we sit here in the chilly Midwest, as the weather is affecting things, really the weather across the country has not been all that great. Maybe the West Coast aside, uh, as his team is out in California for a 10-day stretch uh, during Michigan spring break, playing eight games out there, including wrapping up at Dodger Stadium. That should be a good time. We'll talk to him about his team, about the start, about that pitching staff. Holy yeah. smokes. What a great squad that is. Uh, we'll get with him here in just a couple of minutes. But let's hit our biggest stories for the week, Drew, uh, and talk about who survived the weekend, because really that's what this was about, right? I mean, surviving Absolutely. this last weekend, because you look at some of the results, and, and man, it was tough for the Big Ten. Uh, several teams were swept. We'll get to that uh, when we talk about who did not uh, sweep the weekend or who did not survive the weekend. But let's start with who survived. I think Iowa is the team we have to talk about first. The Hawkeyes go 2-1 and one, uh, at... Oklahoma State. Not only that, this is the part that was impressive to me, and we talked about it a little bit last week in the travel for Iowa. You know, they go out to Hawaii, you come back, you know, all that. The time change, you're on the plane forever. You come back and then you win uh, two of three at Oklahoma State. That's a pretty good week. Yeah, Coach Heller talked about how they've handled that travel really, really well. That's a long flight out to Hawaii. (laughs) And uh, they take care of business against number 19th-ranked Oklahoma State. They almost swept. Uh, in, the, in, in game one, they lost. Uh, they gave up two runs in the bottom of the ninth uh, to lose that game. So they were up late, um, but playing very well. They're led. Uh, the pitching staff is very well led by Judkins. Uh, it's Grant Judkins, who's holding opponents to a 115 batting average, has under one ERA and 20 strikeouts in 16 innings. Very good. On the mound by him, and just overall, they're uh, uh, they're playing playing well. Yeah, playing well in close games. You look at all three of those contests, Drew. They lose the yeah. one run game on Friday, but come back to win two one run games the next couple of days, five to four and three to two on Saturday and Sunday. You've got to be able to, especially against good opponents, got to be able to win the close games. And Iowa was able to do so. The travel continues for the Hawkeyes: Hawaii, uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, the Simpson game in the middle of the week that was going to be the home game uh, canceled. Yeah. I mean, they're just you just can't. And they're oh, we'll not s- not gonna. I mean, we'll get into that a little bit. But man, the, the weather's not helping things out here yeah. at Evansville. Hopefully, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I mean, we haven't heard anything about that yet. But at Evansville, fi- Friday through Sunday, 
uh, for Iowa. Michigan, 2-1. and one. Uh, Started the season 8-0. and oh, Finally lost that last game. Part of a, a pushback. I said the weather was fine out west. I guess they did have to move the, the one CSUN game uh, to Sunday uh, to play the, the double dip there. Uh, so uh, Michigan finally loses, but they go two and one the first three games of that eight game trip out West Long Beach state coming up. UC Irvine, UCLA, USC, a couple of those games in Dodger stadium to wrap things up toward the end of the week. So, you know, pretty good uh, first part of that leg uh, on the road trip for Michigan. Yeah. The They're- thing that, the thing that sticks out to me with Michigan is nobody in that order. Or there's two batters in the order that are batting over 250. So offensively, they're really not playing very well, yeah. Uh, but really led by that pitching staff. We can talk all day about Tommy Henry. Carl Kaufman is sort of the forgotten guy here uh, in, the, in that second spot in the rotation. Combined, those two are 6-0. and uh, They've just given up two earned runs and 46 innings combined for Michigan. Uh, so they're making up for uh, the lackluster offense so far for the Wolverines. Yeah, we'll get into it in big arm. It's crazy. Carl Kaufman has gone like 23 innings on the season. He's given yeah. up two runs. And not, and, and not we're not even talking guy. about him. Yeah, not the best guy. <laughs> yeah. Not the best yeah. guy on the staff. Yeah. Come on. I mean, Tommy Henry. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Ohio State 2-2 two and two at Bethune-Cookman. I mean, we're talking about 2-2. Two and two. We're talking about surviving the weekend a little bit, right? I mean, it was not a stellar week for the Big Ten. Yeah. So just just about survival here for Ohio Well, and I State. think we've got Ohio State in there because they started the season very strong. They were four and zero in their first four games. Uh, they're just three and five since. Uh, so they're trying to hang on here, uh, trying to trying to keep up to the top of the standings here in the Big Ten before conference season. Uh, they dropped the first game and the last game of the series against Bethune Cookman. Won the first two uh, in pretty convincingly fashion. Uh, the middle two games there. Uh, Garrett Burhan, uh, we'll talk about him in a minute in, in, in big arm as he's a nominate, nominee, uh, but continues to pitch well for the Buckeyes. I'm going to throw Penn State in here, too. I know I think you sort of disagree with me a little bit about putting the Nittany Lions in here, but look, you get a victory at a ranked opponent, number 21, Duke. The Nittany Lions now 7-2, and two, considering where Penn State was to be 7-2, and two, and then, you know, you didn't play anybody the first couple of weekends, but you do get a victory they got no hit in that first game. So they did. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's not quite surviving. But they got a win there. Uh, and, you know, one out of three had a ranked opponent. I'm going to put them in the survival. You can disagree with me if you want. But I'm going to throw them up there. I don't necessarily disagree. That tough that, that first matchup was a tough one. They got no hit by three different Duke pitchers. But I think the thing you take away from this, not only did they beat a ranked team. You're talking about Penn State beating a ranked team. That's big news. Uh, but it's the way they bounced back from getting no hit. Yeah. Uh, the game they won was that next game after they got no hit. Uh, can't talk about that game without talking about Chris Kramer. Four for four with three home runs in one game. Uh, so, you know, obviously he helped uh, the Nittany Lions win that game against Duke. At UCF uh, this weekend. So we'll see about Penn State on the road again this weekend. Okay, let's zip through these quickly. Yeah. Uh, who did not win? <laughs> who did not survive the weekend and thus also did not win? Four teams in the Big Ten swept Michigan State, Purdue, Minnesota, and Rutgers all swept this weekend. Uh, not a good look for for those squads. You know, it, it, you don't like to get swept. I know it's a, a, a you know difficult road trips for some of those teams, 
we got to be able to try and pick up uh, single victories at least, and, and for, at least for those four squads, weren't able to do so. And it's the four squads who have really struggled so far earlier this year. You know, Michigan State's got a tough stretch out in Arizona, uh, lost three games against Arizona State, who seems to be back in the in the national spotlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll play Arizona on Tuesday, um, so we'll see how that goes. Minnesota's just still so young, trying to work through early on in this season. You know, they still lost a lot. We've talked about that. Their pitching staff's trying to carry them along. Uh, Purdue, we'll talk about this here in a few, but, uh, you know, the only one victory so far this year, and then their series this weekend is in jeopardy. Uh, So they don't know really where they're going or even who they're playing. And then Rutgers struggles on an emotional uh, weekend for them, uh, which we'll hit on later as well. So the three teams at the bottom of the Big Ten through the first three weekends, how surprised are you? By this trio, Minnesota, Michigan State, Purdue. Yeah, very, very surprised. You know, Michigan State, uh, you know, wasn't really up in the discussion last year, but they returned a ton of players. Yeah. They're a veteran club, struggling to get some wins. Obviously, Minnesota winning the Big Ten and picked by the coaches to win the Big Ten again <laughs> yeah. this year. Two and eight. Uh, and, and then Purdue, uh, you know, surprising everybody last year and getting that, getting that second seed uh, and the two seed into the regional tournament as well. Those three teams. Uh, especially just down there in the bo- in the bottom, uh, surprises people. Yeah, Michigan State and Purdue both one and nine on the season. A lot of lot of still to be played, uh, but those teams have to be pretty disappointed, I would imagine, with their starts. Okay, let's hit uh, our awards for the week. Talk a little bit of big arm. Uh, we joked on on the the interwebs this week uh, on the Twitter machine that uh, we're just going to rename this. Frankly, at this point, the Tommy yeah. Henry Award. I know there's a lot of other guys. The Big Ten really pitched well, uh, even though it struggled at times uh, this weekend. Really did pitch well. It all starts though with the the left hander for Michigan. I mean, come on, absolutely. You, I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, you know, look at there's his. not much. Look at his numbers. Yeah, we've been, you and I have sort of been talking behind the scenes here how how difficult it is. You know, we've got some help from some nominations, but how difficult it is to really pick these guys out, big bat and big arm. Uh, but Tommy Henry has made it very easy for us. Uh, there's no real discussion here. Eight innings pitched, just three hits uh, against CSUN, 12 strikeouts, and just walked one. Uh, there were a lot of, like you said, a lot of, a lot of guys. Uh, Carl Kaufman, who we mentioned, he's sort of the behind-the-scenes guy there in Michigan. Uh, seven innings, three hits. Uh, Quinn Lavelle for Northwestern pitched very well. I mentioned Grant Judkins uh, and Garrett Burhan, the freshman from Ohio State, again pitched well. Uh, Matt Waldron for Nebraska uh, just went five innings but only gave up four hits. Hunter Parsons and Trevor Labonte, two pitchers for Maryland, uh, both pitched extremely well uh, deep into those games uh, and combined only gave up one run between the two. Uh, but we're going to give the award to Tommy Henry again for the second straight week. He's won the Big Ten Pitcher of the Week second straight weeks now, and we'll add big arm to his trophy case as well. Tommy Henry, 3-0, 23 innings pitch, 10 hits. I think opponents are hitting, I don't have this number right in front of me, but like 120 or something against him. No runs, 34 strikeouts, two walks. That's uh, good. Yeah. That's good. Not bad. <laughs> I mean, that's we'll talk to Eric Backage here in just a minute about that as well. But that's a pretty good one-two punch at the top of your rotation. It gives Michigan a, a ton of opportunities to win a lot of baseball games. Yeah. All right, big bat for this week. We've got a number of nominees. You mentioned Kramer earlier. Uh, who else? Uh, Kramer's numbers, by the way, four of four 
In just one game, he was 4 of 4, three homers, six runs driven in, and Penn State's 8 to 7 victory over number 21 Duke on Saturday. Didn't I don't know if he quite stacks up. The rest of the series wasn't great. He finishes just 4 of 9 yeah. in the series, but for that one game, he was really good and helped deliver Penn State to a big victory. Who well, else you got in that list? We've got Zach Taylor uh, as a nominee, senior outfielder from Ohio State. Didn't hit real well for the entire weekend, just 230, but two of those three hits that he had were home runs. Uh, so a couple of home runs for Taylor on the weekend. Ben Bazinga uh, was 5 for 12 for a 416 average. Uh, senior from Minnesota, a couple of runs scored, a couple of RBI for him. Uh, but Matt Gorski, uh, junior outfielder from IU, he hit 400 on the weekend. He also added three home runs, but they were in separate games. Still good. Seven runs scored, nine RBIs for Gorski, uh, a double, a few stolen bases. Uh, so Matt Gorski will get his fist, first big bat of the season. And that's in the five-game stretch, too, because yes, we games. included the games last week as well. Did have a good Saturday against uh, number 21, UConn, two of five, couple of runs scored, four runs driven. It had a home run as well. All right, so that is the big bat here for week three. All right, uh, this is the Big Baseball Podcast. Kyle here with Drew. I had an opportunity to talk to Eric Backage, the seventh-year coach at Michigan, his team off to an 8-1 and one start. That coming up next on the podcast. And happy to bring in Eric Backage, the seventh-year head coach at Michigan. I say happy to bring you in. I, I do have to admit, Coach, that I, I'm not all that excited that you're out there in California I'm stuck here in the Midwest where the temperature today is in the single digits. We're here in Lafayette. I would imagine up in Ann Arbor it might even be a little bit more chilly, but you're probably doing all right out there on the left coast, right? We're doing all right. Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, right now I'm I'm looking out the window of our uh, our team breakfast room here at the hotel in Marina Del Rey and uh, (laughs) see nothing but palm trees and sunshine. So, yeah, we're we're doing just fine. Way to rub it in. Thank you for that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you you have to feel good, too, about your team's start to the season. Obviously took a loss. It's hard to win all of them, but took a loss in your last outing. But you've got to be excited about 8-1, and And not only just the record, but I think the way in which your team – has performed in the early season. I mean, we'll talk about the pitching a lot because that has been a big part of it, but you play defense well also. And for a team that, you know, doesn't get a ton of opportunity outside in the preseason, you guys look like you've picked up pretty well to start this year. Yeah, I I am pleased how we started and uh, really pleased with the leadership uh, on this team. It's an older team. It's, it's, you know, we, we have the good fortune of, of having a, a lot of sophomores, juniors, and seniors in the lineup and, and within the pitching staff. So, you know, everybody that we're running out there so far is, is a veteran player, a returning player, uh, or at least been, you know, had a lot of repetitions in college. And so that certainly plays a factor. Um, but the, the leadership of this group from, from Tommy Henry and Ben Kaiser and Jimmy Kerr, uh, all the way on down, uh, it's just been been very solid, and they've done a, a great job of, of modeling behaviors and setting standards. And you know, as any coach would appreciate, when you've got a team that polices itself and holds each other accountable um, for specific.
specific behaviors of how they play and how they go about their training, it, it certainly makes life easier. Um, we've got a very challenging schedule ahead, but yeah, very happy with how we've performed up to this point. And you, you have to feel like your players grew up a lot last season, I would imagine. That was a I'll let you put it in your words, but, you know, watching it from a, a distance a little bit and then seeing you, uh, you know, the last weekend and then in the Big Ten tournament up close, it just seemed like, you know, you get off to a slow start, you win the 20 games in a row, which, you know, I, that's an amazing feat for a baseball team in particular, I think. I don't care who you're playing, winning 20 straight games is is pretty amazing to do. And then sort of the, you know, the up and down nature and then the injuries and, you know, all that went into sort of the end of the season uh, was there was there you know both uh, positives and negatives uh, to take away from last year and sort of the ability for some young guys to grow up and and you're probably seeing the results of that now. Absolutely, yeah. There's growth opportunities in 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 wins and losses in in stretches of games and, and last year was very much a roller coaster like you alluded to uh, because of the youth movement we had uh, in our lineup and it's very difficult for. Uh, freshmen to insert themselves uh, on any team at this level, uh, just like it's very hard for freshmen in high school to just jump right into the varsity. Uh, there's a, a learning curve and a process and growth that needs to take place, and it's just it's just it's just tough to do. And in our particular situation, you know, we had 11 draft picks the year before, including seven juniors, and all seven of those juniors signed professionally. Uh, so it opened up a lot of opportunity for spots to be earned. And uh, we had a very talented group, a highly touted recruiting class that came in, and a lot of those players earned those positions. But with that comes that inexperience uh, of a long collegiate season, the longest season they've ever played up to this point. And so, uh, you know, you, you, do have, you do have those bumps in the roads, and we, we certainly had one to start the year when we started out 4-11 and and then, you know, we, we had, a uh, uh, you know, a great opportunity to, to come together and really learn from the mistakes we had made up to that point. And the kids were totally bought in and, and sparked a, a winning streak that we didn't let up for 20 games, which was a lot of fun. But then, you know, the, the up and downs at the end of the year, um, you know, maybe some of those small details, and, and small behaviors that we were doing so well at the beginning of that winning streak mm-hmm. uh, weren't quite as prevalent at the end and caught up with us a little bit. And that's where the, the majority of the growth has taken place is all the players on this year's team have seen how important it is to do the little things on a daily basis and how important those little things are to consistency within a team and a program and how important and how impactful they are to the outcome of the game and winning the game so that's where when i say we have veteran leadership that's what i mean is uh, we have a group of players that uh, are continuing to do the little things uh, on and off the field and those little things are just are just behaviors that that coaches and teams and programs come up with that are important to their culture and we certainly have those and uh, that's where that's where the growth and the learning has really taken place and uh, why it feels like this team has a chance to be very consistent this year. Talking to Michigan baseball coach Eric Backage as we uh, look at his squad, the Wolverines, with an 8-1 and one record. You're in the midst of a, a long trip out there to California. You like uh, being able to do that, sort of take those uh, long trips together, uh, you know, play some good competition, obviously, and you'll end up in Dodger Stadium, which is a nice thing to do as well, but also get to know each other. 
a little bit, uh, and and you think that can help you as the season, a long season, goes on? I think so. I think this is one of those uh, opportunities collegiately, you know, where you can make some some really cool memories. And uh, you know, baseball players, you know, don't usually get the opportunity to study abroad or take, you know, go on international trips. Yeah and things like that. So when, you know, when we can come out to California for 10 days of, of spring break and have, you know, a little slice of time together where we get to experience a different part of the country. And we have 40,000 Michigan alums that live out here in California. We recruit this state very hard and, you know, to get away from the cold weather um, at the end of February and early March and, and come out and hang out for 10 days on the West coast. Yeah, that's a, it's a cool it's a cool experience and they're making memories not just with the baseball games that we're playing but you know the other things that we get to experience i mean one of our players parents is is hosting us for a dinner tonight in manhattan beach and you know those are the things that they'll remember as well not just not just playing baseball all right i want to read some numbers off to you here i'm sure you know these numbers uh 1.58 era 98 strikeouts 22 walks 80 innings, opponents hitting 171 against your staff. Uh, those guys are doing a pretty good job for you early. Only two games that opponents have scored more than three runs against you. Uh, you've got to be pretty happy with the job that uh, your crew has done out there on the hill and the coaching job that Chris Fetter has done, your pitching coach, and, and getting those guys ready on a consistent basis. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it starts with the the Michigan kids that make up our weekend rotation. You know, the tone that's set with Tommy Henry and Carl Kaufman every Friday and Saturday. Their pitching coach, Chris Fetter, like you mentioned, our pitching coach, Chris Fetter, is uh, also an alum. He bleeds maize and blue. Uh, he was part of a lot of winning teams here. He knows what it takes to win at such a high level. He comes with a wealth of knowledge and experience from being with the Dodgers um, as well as the Angels and Padres in in his career and to be able to bring all of his experience uh, his knowledge and his passion for Michigan and impart that onto uh, our our pitching staff has only strengthened them and Tommy Henry and Carl Kaufman have done an amazing job of being fully dedicated to their craft, to their training, to developing their bodies, to developing themselves as pitchers. And it's great to see the success follow and all their hard work come to fruition. But they definitely set the tone for our entire staff to follow, and that's been terrific to see. Yeah, it also gives you a really good chance to win baseball games with how they're performing. I mean, you've got to have a ton of confidence going into a weekend series that you're going to be in pretty good position to win that series based on the guys that you can trot out on the hill? Well, I think that's all you can ask for is to, to be in that type of position and to have those guys and their ability uh, to, to begin each weekend certainly gives us a lot of confidence. And, you know, championship baseball is, is about pitching defense and timely hitting. And uh, we've certainly had some nice, uh, really good starting pitching, some nice defense and, um, we've gotten some big timely hits, uh, offensively, I think the best is yet to come, but we've got some timely hits in order to, uh, in order to win some of the games that we've won, but it, it starts on the mound and it, and it, and it's the defense that they're connected to. And 
that's certainly been great to see. Yeah, you look at that offense, and you have to imagine that you feel like your ceiling is maybe even a little bit higher than what we have seen so far, right? I mean, it's not as if you're hitting the ball poorly. Uh, you've gotten some some nice timely hits, as you mentioned. But there are some guys uh, probably who, who you expect to, to take a, a tick up, up a little bit here as the season goes on, and that has to make you feel good that maybe there's even more uh, potential there for your offense to get going a little bit. I don't think there's any question about that. We have a couple of guys who, you know, like any young kid, uh, puts too much pressure on themselves to perform. You know, Jordan Wogu and Dominic Clemente have been have missed more action than they've competed in. Dom Clemente was out the first two weeks. He just returned to action this past weekend. And Jordan Wogu uh, only played part of the weekend in Florida to open the season, missed the entire South Carolina weekend due to an oblique strain, and missed the, uh, two of the games this weekend. So uh, getting those guys back and healthy, I think, will not only boost our lineup, but help some of the guys like Jesse Franklin and Akeo Thomas uh, to really even uh, get better pitches to hit and mm-hmm. take some of the pressure off of them. Uh, but we feel really good about our lineup. Again, it's older kids. It's all returning players. There's a lot of threats within the lineup, one through nine. And we've seen that. We've seen production from the top, the middle, and the bottom at different points this year. So... It's good to know that we don't have to rely on just one or two guys that we can get production from throughout, and we have a nice blend of speed and power throughout the entire lineup. All right, uh, here's here's my theory, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, which I, I very likely could be, although I might be right on this one. Uh, my thought is that your team goes, especially offensively, as a K.O. Thomas goes, because I, I, the last couple of years when I've seen your team, he's been out uh, with an injury, and it just seems like you're not quite the same team when he's not out there, is it pretty critical to, to your crew to have, you know, sort of him out there, what he can do on the bases, you know, drive in some runs, score some runs, play a little bit of defense. It seems like you, you're a better squad when he's out there. Well, it certainly seems like when he's going good, he is a tremendous spark plug for us and a tremendous catalyst, not only offensively, but defensively as well. When he's out there and he feels good and he's healthy and having fun and that smile's on his face, there's, <laughs> there's not many better things to see than that and how it, how it uh, captures the enthusiasm of an entire team and how they rally on that. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely something that, you know, we, we want to make sure he's, he's healthy and, and uh, doing everything we can to keep him healthy and feeling good. He's, he's had the unfortunate uh, – bad luck of battling uh just a lot of nagging injuries over the last uh seems like really since the end of his sophomore year um and and uh hoping that you know that as he continues to get to full strength uh that uh that that that'll be a huge spark for our team because you're right he 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 definitely is a, a tremendous asset for us both on the field and off the field yeah no doubt about it all right, so how much are you looking forward to the Big Ten season this year? It seems like every year uh, the, the league expands in some way, the teams get better, the competition gets deeper, and uh, you know, not only battling now for Big Ten tournament spots, but, but a lot of teams battling for NCAA tournament spots. Uh, it's been a good recent run for the league, and it seems like it's uh, going to get even better this year and, and in the years beyond. Absolutely, yeah, since... Since 2015, 2015 was the coming out party for the Big Ten. Yeah. 
when we had five teams make the NCAAs and we had 53 draft picks within the conference, which uh, was tied for third most in the nation. Um, and ever since then, we've had at least three three bids to the NCAAs, and we've seen a a tremendous progression from the conference, which used to be a one or two bid league and used to be very top heavy to now seeing a lot of balance throughout all 13 teams uh, in our conference. Obviously Wisconsin doesn't play baseball, uh, but to see that, you know, there's just a lot of good programs and within the last five years, six years, a lot of these teams have invested in their facilities have invested in their player development. Um, programs have have attracted a lot of great coaches and uh, it's it's great to see that the Big 10 is is continuing to rise continuing to surge and um a lot of good baseball being played in the Big 10 and so for us like a lot of teams in the conference we're our goal is to to win a Big 10 championship that's one of them and it's not going to be easy because the Big Ten is good, and there's a lot of good teams out there. Yeah, no doubt about it. We just need uh, just need it to warm up a little bit. If we can, if you can, when you come back, if you can bring some of the weather with you, we would take that. Well, if you can, if you can figure out how to do that, then uh, <laughs> you, you'd be set for life. Yeah, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could, but I don't think it's going to happen. Hey, hey, coach, I appreciate your time greatly. I know this isn't an, an off day, but still a busy one for for you and your staff and your players and. So I appreciate uh, you coming on uh, with us, and best of luck uh, the rest of the way out there in California. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. I'd love to join the podcast anytime, and uh, look forward to a great season from uh, not only Michigan, but a lot of Big Ten teams. Kyle, back with Drew on the Big Baseball Podcast. A thanks to Eric Backage for joining us on the show, his team out on the West Coast, so we appreciate him being able to get with us. Uh, This week in between games out there, the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017thehammer.com. Okay, Drew, let's let's bust through our lineup here, one through nine, in no particular order, though we will start with Michigan. Here's my deal with Michigan. The Wolverines pitching great. Yeah. Outstanding. When are the bats going to start to come alive? Well, I think it's encouraging for them that they haven't. You've got guys like Jesse Franklin who – uh, got preseason honors. Some thought that he'd be the preseason uh, Big Ten Player of the Year. He's just batting 133 in that lineup, so it's got to be encouraging that there is room for tons of improvement, and they're already the best team in the Big Ten. Yeah, seems so. All right, number two, Indiana bouncing back from a difficult weekend to Tennessee during the week. The Hoosiers go 4-1. and one. Now IU on to Safeco Field for a tournament. Some pretty good competition out there in the Pacific Northwest. Washington, Oregon State, and San Diego what do you what do you think about the Hoosiers uh, being four and one? The the offense still not quite there for Indiana. Yeah, to me it's surprising that they were four and one over the weekend. And speaking of you know limited offense, just batting two fourteen as a team, strikeouts still an issue. One hundred and twenty six now in eleven games, but they've hit fourteen home runs this season. So striking out and hitting home runs is their business. Uh, number three batting number three is Purdue. Uh, who is in charge of this list? We put Purdue number three with the Boilermakers' struggles. I mean, Purdue just one and nine, really fighting it right now. And then, you know, add on top of that, no Creighton for this weekend. Those two teams could not come together on the schedule to find a location to play. So now Purdue a little bit up in the air, at least as of right now, whether it will get games in this weekend. Uh, your thoughts on the Boilermakers? Swept at uh, Oral Roberts over the weekend. They've had a tough go. 
Yeah, if you're going to pick one team in the Big Ten who needs to get on the field, yeah. it's the Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, they need to play. They were in the same situation or similar situation last year, and they found an opportunity to play. So hopefully they find somebody and somewhere to play this weekend. Look, Purdue, a young team. Uh, the schedule's really difficult, but the hope was maybe you'd win one that first weekend. Maybe you could get a split somehow against yeah. Texas. Maybe you could win two of three against Oral Roberts, be maybe a, a game or two under 500 at this point. Instead, everything that could go wrong pretty much has for the Boilermakers, and now the weather not helping either. Illinois hits number four for us this week. The Illini trying to get back on track versus Grand Canyon after a one-and-three weekend for the Illini. We talked to Dan Harple last week, and we were excited about his pitching staff, which had given up only 24 runs in the 6-0 and start. The pitching staff not as good, however, over the weekend. Now, pretty good competition. Coastal Carolina, Northeastern twice, and UConn. But in those four games, the Illini gave up 30 runs. Yeah. yeah. And the one game they won was in extra innings. Uh, there was two outs, and they won on an air, uh, walk-off air in that game against Northeastern. So they'll look to get back on track. Grand Canyon this weekend who's coming off winning two of three from a Pac-12 opponent in USC. So a good weekend for them. How, how often do you get to play national parks? Right. Very often, no. yeah. Do they play in the Green Canyon? Yeah, play down. Yeah, down that's low. what I figured. Yeah. Yeah. Opposite of the altitude yeah. problem. Yeah. So. Puts a whole new meaning on the big monsters, yeah. right? <laughs> there you go. Climb the wall. Uh, number five, Nebraska. In a tough stretch. And by tough stretch, I mean, you know, they have played some really good competition and did get a victory against number three, Texas Tech, over the weekend. Matt Waldron makes his first start, goes five innings, seven strikeouts. I think he gave up a run, but gave his team an opportunity to win, and it did. The win marking Nebraska's first victory against a top-five opponent since 2014. Did not have to play Mississippi State due to the weather. And now, speaking of weather, we'll play this series at Baylor this coming weekend instead of in Lincoln, where there's clearly some some weather issues. Uh, but Nebraska, you know, fighting through it a little bit here, playing yeah. some pretty good competition, and, and that includes Baylor this weekend. Yeah, Baylor this weekend. Last weekend, they were almost 2-0, and that same Houston State game that they lost. It was tie game in the ninth inning. They lost on a walk-off. Uh, in that Texas Tech game that you had mentioned, Colby Gomez uh, earned Big Ten Freshman of the Week honors. He hit the go-ahead RBI in the seventh inning, and then on the mound, he got the save against the uh, Texas Tech uh, ball club there. So great outing, uh, great day by the freshman. All right, Maryland hits number six. The Terps had won six straight before consecutive one-run losses, lost in extra innings four to three, and then two to one to Louisiana Lafayette. By the way, that extra inning, you see that catch? I absolutely saw made that in the, catch. The outfield. We'll get that retweeted on uh, Big Baseball Pod on Twitter. Uh, that was a heck of an effort. Yeah, I have watched that catch probably 10 <laughs> times. I think it's the best so far this season in, in college baseball that I've seen. Uh, Chris Aline, the center fielder for Maryland, in the 13th inning of that game, runners on base, uh, a deep ball hit to center field. He dove. I don't know how else to describe it besides for he dove into the fence, yeah. head first into the fence, made the catch. It looked ugly, uh, but he popped right up. He was fine uh, and saved that game at least in the 13th inning for the Terps. Terps now 6-4 and four on the season at Stetson this weekend. Pretty good Stetson. Stetson, pretty good program. Maybe not quite where it wants to be right now, but should be a good series down there. Uh, hitting number seven, and really probably a guy who should be hitting number one for this week, uh, Fred Hill. A, a tough week for Rutgers and the baseball community. The longtime Rutgers coach dies last week at the age of 84. Get this, Drew. You know, we didn't know as much about Fred Hill because, you know, Rutgers having joined the Big Ten more recently here 
he retired in 2014 at the age of 79. Yeah. I mean, just a baseball guy, right? I mean, uh, 30 years as a coach. Absolutely. Uh, longer than that. With I mean, uh, you know. Not many people get to do what they love until the age of no 79. Unbelievable for Fred Hill. Won 941 games in 30 years for Rutgers. Uh, the indoor facility is named after Fred Hill. Uh, 12 regular season conference championships, eight conference tourney championships, and 11 regional builds bids excuse me during his tenure there at Rutgers so sad emotional weekend for Rutgers as as one of their lifelong players what you, what, yeah, yeah I mean, what just, you, uh, legendary legendary guy I guy mean, passes away for yeah I mean just Rutgers. impressive impressive career impressive baseball career he had and uh too bad for the Rutgers community and, and Big Ten and baseball as a whole but what a life lived okay let's hit number eight I put you in charge of this so hopefully you'll do well here uh, cancellations. What do we get? Cancellations, postponements. Uh, we know about Purdue. We did mention Iowa Evansville earlier, yeah. and that ga- that series actually has moved. Yeah, they'll move that to an Illinois park that has turf, um, so a better situation there for Iowa at Evansville. Uh, IU and Indiana State were uh, scheduled to play Tuesday. That game has been postponed. Other Tuesday games that have been postponed, Northwestern trying to get their first home game in against University of Illinois Chicago and Rutgers doing the same against Iona. Both those games postponed. And then we've mentioned the Purdue Creighton series that uh, has both teams scrambling for an opponent and a place to play this weekend. I'm, I'm expecting like some sort of flow chart. Can you chart that out? <laughs> yeah. I can, I can, <laughs> Write it that. up. Take a picture of it yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, number nine, as we wrap things up here, a non-conference game between two conference opponents. Yeah. Michigan State and Ohio State will face off against each other in Greenville, South Carolina. It's the first pitch invite. Uh, That is a tourney hosted by Michigan State in South Carolina. Uh, So they will play each other. Obviously won't count towards the standings, but the 1-9 Michigan State Spartans will take on the 7-5 Ohio State Buckeyes. So that would be fun to watch. All right, that's a wrap for us on the Big Baseball Podcast. Again, a thanks to Eric Backich, the coach at Michigan. We had a little time uh, zone issues this week, but really wasn't that Difficult at all. He was able to get with us on the off day there. We appreciate that. Nice being able to talk to him as his Wolverines are off to a great start and on that road trip out there in California. Okay, uh, big games coming up this weekend. We'll wrap it up and look ahead on next week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, your favorite podcast app. Leave us some feedback if you'd like to. Uh, reviews there or you know just uh, shout at us on twitter whatever you want to do we'd like to interact with everybody out there as well and give us some feedback on uh, some nominations for big arm and big bat as well we'll take uh we'd like to have you be our our eyes out there as we can't be everywhere so that would be nice as well hey thanks for listening we really appreciate it's been a nice first couple of weeks the feedback has been great we do appreciate you listening uh as always we've had fun doing this all right For Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is the Big Baseball Podcast.